podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Roads End Podcast. Today I'm joined by Joe from Albion Obsessed. Joe, talk to us, mate. What's the general feeling about losing a player like Alexis McAllister? Uh, I think we've sort of been expecting it for a long time, especially since winning the World Cup. I think even most uh, you know Brighton fans would say that you know a player comes back to Brighton after winning a World Cup. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one as well because obviously the World Cup was in the winter. Um, you would expect them to win the World Cup and then go in the summer transfer window. But um, it was important for us to keep him in January and achieve our goal. Um, but I think everyone was expecting that this window would be the window that we would lose him. And he's done it in the best way possible. So I have nothing but respect for him. We've had a lot of uh, bad outgoings in the last season, really. Obviously, started with Kukurea, um, ended with Leandro Trossard and obviously Graham Potter in the middle of that. So it's actually quite refreshing to have a player leaving with our utmost respect. Um, and, you know, he's, he's stayed with us. He's achieved that goal of getting us into Europe for the first time. Um, so to be honest... There's no bad feelings from me here. That's that's really good news. Obviously, you spoke about the Cucurello. That was a, a disaster, wasn't it, from start to finish. Um, in terms of Alexis, then, so the the fee is obviously a big talking point. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'll be honest with you, I look at it and think we have a steal on our hands at thirty five million pounds. Um, he was touted at seventy, then sixty, fifty fives. 40s, 35 now. How's it got to the point of 35 million? Was it, So I'm assuming that clause was there. Or is this a case of we just need to get it done? I think there's a clause of, look, Alexis, we're not going to stand in your way. You've put Brighton and Hove Albion on the world map. Um, you know, we, we even had Lionel Messi commenting on, a, on our social media posts uh, after the World Cup, which was mind-blowing in itself. Um and there's probably like a gentleman's agreement that, look, if a uh, uh, top six, I know obviously we finished in the top six, but if a quote-unquote big six club come in for you, we're not going to stand in your way. Because, of course, like I'm not blinkered. I know that Liverpool is a bigger prospect of playing for Brighton Hove Albion Football Club. You guys, you know, you've won the Premier League. You've won the Champions League in the last three, four seasons. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, no, he should have stayed with us. We just got top six. Why can't we be a big six club? Because, of course, those ambitions, every single player has them. Um, and, you know, if, if you create a environment at a football club where you, you're going to have players come in and you're going to keep them to ransom, you're going to run down their contracts, just like we have with Basuma, just like we have with Leandro Trossard, you're going to create a really bad atmosphere. And that's not what Brighton Hove Albion do. We've never really stood in the way of anyone. I know, obviously, with the Moises Caicedo situation in January, that's where we sort of put our foot down. But that's because we were trying to achieve what we achieved. Um, so I, I think in, in the summer, it's a little bit of a... If you'd come in for him in January, absolutely, £70 million pounds or, or nothing. Now is a bit more like, OK, 30, 35 up front, and then there's probably about £20 million pounds worth of add-ons on there as well, is what I'm seeing reported. Of course, there's so many different re- reports, you don't know who to believe. Um, I know. 
So it, it's just a case of seeing what happens. It's it's all undisclosed. So really, nobody actually knows. But we just have to go with what's been reported by Fabrizio and the Athletic, etc. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a bit about him then. So obviously, we've seen him in the World Cup and. I'll be honest, I've only seen him a few times before that. As much as I watch so much football, I'd never really thought he was going to be the next the next talent we bring in, I'll be honest. Um, but he's always had quality. That's that's inevitable. And he's scored a couple of massive goals against our rivals, which is fantastic. That's already a good thing for him. Um, what should we expect from Alexis and a Liverpool shirt? You expect a very honest player, a very hard-working player. Not necessarily the player that people think you're getting in terms of adding the goals and the assists and all this spectacular stuff. Alexis likes to do all the the nasty stuff and the nitty-gritty stuff. So you'll see, you probably, when you look at him, expect him to be this flamboyant, you know, Argentine footballer. But actually, he's got a little bit of, uh, I don't know how to put this, um, British arrogance about him. As if, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm stronger than you. I, you might be a foot taller than me, but I'm stronger than you and I'm going to get that ball. Um, so you're just going to have a really all-round, hard-working um, team player. And I know that's what Jurgen Klopp likes. Um, someone that's going to give everything from the first minute all the way to the end. Um, and he also, like, I, I don't think he's someone that's going to moan if he's sat on the bench for a few games. Um, he's just a very humble guy. Um, and that's why, as I say, he's not leaving with any bad blood from Brighton Hove Albion fans, at least from my point of view, because he is just that um, kind of guy that's going to get his head down, work hard. Um, if things aren't going well, he's going to be very honest. Um, and you, you will see the best Alexis. I mean, this is a player that was a standout player in, in a World Cup final alongside Lionel Messi and Angel Di Maria. Um, so I think that tells you enough. But of course, I've been watching him week in, week out and it's been an absolute pleasure to watch him. He can play anywhere in the midfield. He can play the six, the eight, the ten. And so anything Jurgen Klopp wants from him, he will give it 100%. It's fantastic news. I think we've been looking for that missing piece of the jigsaw, let's say, in our midfield. And, we, you know, people are touting Jude Bellingham at the price he was at. And if you look at this business we've pulled off here with Alexis, I feel like it's a... it's. You know, it's guaranteed us for the next what six to ten, six to eight years. Sorry, of mm. a top quality player that's not even in his prime yet, and he's just won a World Cup. So, yeah, it's it's brilliant news for us. Um, just while we're on Brighton, then obviously you've had an unbelievable season, a historic season. Um, no, but I, I'd say nobody would have thought you'd be in the position you are once Potter left. Mm. With all respect, um, how highly do you rate Deserby? The guy is, it, it, it feels different. We, we've never had this feeling about a manager at our football club. And obviously you can say, yeah, that's only because it's gone well. Um, but of course, we've only got that sample size to go off of. And it, it, he feels like he could be the next elite coach alongside Jurgen Klopp, alongside Pep Guardiola. He's got that aura about him. And the way the players talk about him as well, you know, um, Adam Lalana, who you guys know very well, absolutely adores him like there's been so many different interviews where Adam Lalana sat down and like, talked about the quality of Roberto De Zerbi and, and how the players look at him in team meetings and um, how he guides them through tough times and doesn't let them forget certain things and that, that mentality shift I mean there was a, a really bad moment in the season where we lost 5-1 to Everton 
um, and we were thinking the wheels will come off. That it's it's all gonna just fall to pieces. Um, in the uh, post-match interview, Deserby says next week you'll see the real Brighton Hove Albion Football Club, and we beat Arsenal three 0 That's yeah. the difference. There, there's the difference because if that if that five one loss is under Graham Potter, we probably go on a six game uh, losing run. Um, but under Deserby, it's that quick change of mentality, and I always dub him as the mentality king. Um, because the, the shifts we've seen, obviously losing at Wembley, you think, oh, that's that's going to be the moment that, that drops us. Losing on penalty shootouts to Cholton um, in the Carabao Cup, how, how is that going to make Deserve a react? Are the players going to not sort of follow him? And then after that, we, we score, I think, 17 goals in five games. We're so excited about what Deserve can bring to us. Of course, next season is going to be a huge, huge uh, task for us. Four competitions. It looks like Tony Bloom is getting set for a really big transfer window, which is very exciting. Um, and we've already got Yal Pedro coming for £30 million. Of course, we're getting James Milner from you guys um, on on a free. And uh, uh, what's his name? Dahoud from Dortmund as well, yeah. who looks at a great talent from what I've seen of him. I haven't seen much, um, but looks to be that sort of, you know, with Alexis, he does so many different jobs. So we need like three or, three or four players to come in and replace the jobs that he was doing. Um, so it, it looks like we're doing that smartly. And the thing about Brighton is whoever we lose somehow we always pull something out of the bag and I don't know how our owners do it. I don't know where they've got these scouts from, um, but whoever they are, I hope they continue to do the job they're doing because <laughs> we always bounce back. I was going to ask you that. How do Brighton keep, let's say, a conveyor belt of players that just seem to just replace the next one, the next one outgoing, somebody else is already there. It's like, you know, how, how much did you sign Alexis from Boca Juniors? That was the mean buttons compared to what you're selling them, let's be honest. I mean, for the, the first part of your question about the scouting part, um, there was a really interesting interview with Paul Barber, um, and he said that when Brighton and Hove Albion got promoted, we had four or five scouts worldwide. Now we've got over 250. Wow. There's the difference. We're looking in every single corner of the earth, um, and they're doing it on some kind of algorithm, data-based scouting, which is you know, next level and a lot of other clubs are adopting that now. And um, that's how we're getting these Moises Caicedos, these Julio and Cisos come through and they're taking the Premier League by storm. And even we're like, where are these coming from? Like Fecundo Bonanote is <laughs> coming and he, he looks pretty decent. Um, there's Yasin Ayari. There's so many different players I could sit here and, and list off. Karu Matoma, who, who knew that he was going to come back from loan and rip the Premier League to shreds? Like I think every single right back maybe except for Aaron Wan-Bissaka, um, has sort of feared coming up against him. Um, it, even when we played Man United after Wembley, um, mm. Karu Matoma was like, right, you got the better of me at Wembley. I'm going to get the better of you here. And, you know, he had a storming game. And, you know, uh, we've got players to come like Kasper Kodlowski, uh Simon Adingra. There's so many different players that like, people haven't even heard of yet. But, Next season in the Premier League, rest assured you'll, you'll you'll know their names. And in Europe, yeah, exactly. So really exciting. And just going on to your point about Alexis, uh, I think it was six million pounds from Boca Juniors. 
and there was some sort of um issue with his work permit and stuff because the deal happened just as covid started i believe mm. um so there was all sorts of problems and he came in he didn't have any family with him um so he had a little bit of a rough start to life at the albion um, but then uh, he scored his first goal against Crystal Palace in the last minute. So that is the best way to introduce yourself to a Brighton fan of scoring in the last minute against their bitter rivals. And, you know, from there, um, he's played, as I said, so many different roles. He's even played out wide for us um, under Graham Potter. So, um, as, as I said at the top of the show, here's a guy that whatever position you put him in, he's going to give everything. I love that. So, just just want to touch on James Milner before we finish. Um, what he's done at our football club, I don't think anybody would have expected. Um, and still to this day, until he's left, the same thing. What are, What's the genuine feeling from Brighton fans on what they're signing with Milner? Because obviously we know his age, but again, that means absolutely nothing with him. He's, he's just an absolute freak of a man. <laughs> It's it's exciting because, you know, we, we brought in Adam Lalana and I, I know he was a lot younger uh, or is still a lot a lot younger than James Milner. I say a lot, a little bit younger. Um, and it's it's so important for us to have those experienced heads in the dressing room. Uh, we've got Danny Welbeck as well, who's done everything, won so much. Um, so to have James, any, any Brighton fan that doesn't agree with us signing James Milner really need to have have a look at themselves because as you say what he's done at Liverpool what he still continues to do still puts in a shift left back right back centre midfield wherever you need him can score a penalty with ease um, and, and that's what we need after losing Alexis because yeah. we haven't got a penalty taken now um, so thanks for that um, but you know <laughs> I, I'm excited because you know every time I've watched James Milner just an example professional um, how many games has he played in the Premier League I mean, that, that is just ridiculous. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's probably on course to be looking at Gareth Barry's record, I'd imagine. Well, so, what I'd like to give you on that, on a touch on that one is as well, what we see from him, and there was a video that came out when he was when he announced he was leaving, and every single player looked emotional about it and knew what they were going to miss because what he does on a pitch is, example, professional, as you've said, what he does with the other team, the other players, the youngsters as well, what you hear from it is the demands that he sets on himself and people in training. I think that'll take Brighton to another level. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we've had from Adam Lalana as well. It's yeah. that it's that domino effect of what Jurgen Klopp does so well. Um, th these players have learned so much from him. And I, I got massive respect for Jurgen Klopp. Not so much when he's, you know, being all, all silly on the touchline, <laughs> but, you know, from, from uh, uh, I guess if I take myself out of the Brighton shirt um, and talk about him as a neutral football fan, what he's done uh, for, for Premier League football has been incredible. And the, the players that have learned off of him and have come out into coaching roles and, uh, obviously, uh, Lalana's uh, probably more like a player coach now, and that's probably the avenue James Milner's going to go down. It's just really exciting to see, you know, how they can take what they've learned from Jurgen Klopp and and install that in another football club, and, and as you say, take them to to that elite level. And with Roberto De Zerbi, <laughs> sky's the limit. We saw what West Ham did yesterday. Uh, why can't Brighton? I know that's the Europa Conference League, but why can't Brighton Hove Albion go and win the Europa League? Why not? Yeah. Uh, and if we come third in our group and we get relegated to the Europa Conference League, 
why can't we win the Europa Conference League? We beat that West Ham side 4-0 and 2-0 this season. So that, that goes to prove the quality of the, of the football that we're playing and the quality of the football club that we're supporting at the moment as well. So it's really exciting times. And I don't think Brighton fans should be so anxious that we're losing Alexis McAllister or we could possibly lose Moises Caicedo. Um, I think with Caicedo, it's it's harder to replace him because the the job he does, I think he's probably one of the best midfielders I've ever seen. And I watch him week in, week out, and I can comfortably say in the Premier League, he is probably one of the best. Um, a lot of people might laugh at me for saying that, but the boy's qualities are unreal. And he's played right back towards the end of the season as well and can do a shift there. And, you know, so, yes, it's nervy to be losing these huge players. But as I say, we always bounce back. We've always got that uh, contingency plan in place. Um, so very, very exciting times uh, to be a Brighton fan. Good. That's a brilliant way to finish. And, you know, I wish you nothing but the best next season, especially in Europe more so, and obviously not against us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming on today, mate. I really appreciate your time. Um, again, good luck with next season. And I'm sure, I'm sure Brighton will be doing well. I, I don't feel like... Although you'll lose these guys, like you said, the conveyor belt Brighton produce is just incredible. So keep up the good work. Top man. Thank you. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers, bud.